0: I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and this week we welcome a very special guest host, a former three-time Mid-South Tag Team Champion, nine-time NWA World Tag Team Champion, the USWA Unified World Champion amongst many other career titles, a member of the NWA, WWE, and Wrestling Observer Hall of Fames, and one half of one of the greatest tag teams in the history of the world. Ricky Morton is here. Welcome, Ricky, and how are you doing today?
1: Man, thank you very much for having me on your show. And I'm absolutely wonderful. You know, this virus is going around. It's got everybody pinned down. But, dude, you know, uh, I'm here and I'm alive. That's yeah. one good thing about it, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are taking this a couple of, couple of weeks before for airs, but how are things? Whereabouts are you situated in the States these days? Well, I uh, I live up in the mountains. It's uh, East Tennessee. I'm, and
1: if you're familiar with... Uh, the language here in the United States. And I mean, it's English, but if you're up North, you got the Southern accent. I mean, the Northern accent, you're down South. Dude, I'm country than a bowl of pinto beans. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a country boy. You know, being a rock and roller, <laughs> I'm a country boy. And, uh, after all these years, but I'm in East Tennessee.
0: And, okay. Uh, How's it been there since this has all sort of, sort of started? Well, it's small town, but, you Yeah, know, we, uh, you know, we're a real, real
1: small town. Uh, Matter of fact, uh behind my house is just big mountains. So uh and I just you know I just did myself just like everybody else. I don't go out, you know, all the restaurants and the bars are closed. Uh nothing to do. Gosh, man, you know, this put a real damper on me. I uh, you know, I'd been but dude, I've been wrestling for forty-six years, mm. especially on the independent circuit, even though that I'm you know, I'm sixty-three years old. I
0: You know, I still depend on this... It has really been just such a difficult time for everyone around the world, certainly wrestlers, um, independent wrestlers have not been able to work, um, and it's just pretty unprecedented for all of us. Um, but let's try and cheer everybody up today. Let's go into it, because it's, it's, it's been quite good fun to do a bit of a deep dive into this Mid-South episode from June 24th, 1984, and the territory from around this time. Um, and I've got some some sort of fan questions that I've slotted in along, along the way. Um, so first things first, you and your tag team partner, um, obviously Robert Gibson, arrived in Mid-South in February eighty four having spent most of the majority of the previous 12 months working in Memphis. Um, I know there was an exchanging of talent at the time between the promotions, including um, Bill Dundee, I think, came, came down as well. Can you remember where you first heard about this move and what were, your, what were your thoughts in making the change from from Memphis to Mid-South?
1: Oh, gosh. This is the time uh, when Vince McMahon were, was taking over uh, nationwide TV, mm-hmm. going into territories, Running, uh, wrestling shows. And at, and at that time, you know, that was a, a no, no, a say, you know, so all the promoters got together and, uh, they ran a big show in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I mean, every promoter you could imagine come in there and be watch and, and see in our business, it's be, I'm like a rubber ball. I bounce around here for because you asked me this question and to get it over. Right. Uh, in our business, you have to be at the right place at the right time, mm. especially in territory days, because usually your territories, the top baby face owned it, and you're just never going to get over him, uh, or the top heel did. And it, and it was hard. It was hard for, you know, especially me being, a, and, and at that base, you had big heels. You know, you, you had the, the big guys in wrestling, especially Bill Watts, because he didn't like little guys, because Bill was a big guy. Hmm. And uh, at this point in time, Bill Watts was going to retire, wrestling, cause I'm, and I'll get into this in a minute, but he come to Memphis. Really. I know all the promoters were getting together, you know, because they brought JY, uh, J.YD in to do this show. And then they had the matches. and uh, it, in Memphis, i just tell you the truth Robert and I were second fiddle. Mm. to the fabulous ones. Hey, I'm sorry about that, man. That's hey, all right. back man. No, hey, Vince, <laughs> I can't make Monday Night Raw.
0: Ask so, him if he's got a, if he, if he wants to give me the head of creative job while right on the phone So I yeah, think I might better do. I can't a few make ideas. Monday Night Raw. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But
1: uh, the reason I have my phone there is because something else, but I'm sorry.
0: No, it's all uh, right. No worries. No worries.
1: And now to get where I'm going, it's been at the right place at the right time. So everybody come there together and Bill's looking for talent, mm. but he don't want a booker that wrestles because you see the booker will push yourself. Yes. Now you know, that's what happened in every territory. When he wanted to go in and change the bookers, they brought new crews in. He brought his talent. He bought his boys in. And that's the way it worked. And like I said, Robert and I were second fiddle in Memphis to the fabulous ones. Mm. Uh, Stan Lane and Steve Kern. But let me tell you something, buddy. Me and Robert had our act. We were good. And a matter of fact, we went out and – you know, everybody was wrestling and Eddie Graham, which owned Florida at the time, he was a big deal in professional wrestling. And Robert and I went out and wrestled and we came back and Eddie Graham, this is a great, great compliment. Yeah, Eddie Graham and all the promoters were sitting there and he looked at Jerry Jarrett. He said, Jerry, I, I know that you had the, the fabulous ones that you were pushing. He said, but these Rock Road Express boys, they're the best i ever seen. Mm. What a compliment. Well, Bill Watts was sitting there. Uh, And and Bill Watts, he uh, came to us and asked us if we were interested in going there. But see, Jerry Jarrett uh, didn't want to let us go because he ran two towns a night, buddy. You're doing Mm. great business. So he said, I'm going to send him there for six months. Uh, and, and at the time and age, this is when MTV was popular with uh, the videos. So Bill Dundee went down, and and, and then they sh- you know showed the videos on TV. Man, we were something new, yeah. Because when we got there, just to tell you, Abdullah the Butcher, I think was one of the top babyfaces. But the reason why is because Bill Watch just beat him in their program. Right. Okay. So they turned yeah. in baby face to bring another heel in for that heel could beat Abdullah to
0: wrestle Bill Watts. So, so Abdullah see, was the man before Watts. Yes. Do you see how it yeah. works? Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then we were new. You know, they shot the videos and they showed them and, and, and we go in and we first were up with Nikolai Vokov and the uh, very dorso Crusher. crush. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's the, the Americans against the Russians. And at that time, Conflicts everywhere. I don't know. I'm not into politics and that bullshit, but it worked. Yes. Uh, and in any business, any business that's in bar business and everything, if you draw women, you're going to draw the guys. Yep. Naturally. Here we were. We were the first thing there, and, and we really popped the territory because. I mean, our first night here, yeah, they showed, uh, uh, we're the first night in Lafayette, Louisiana, where they showed uh, the videos and stuff. There people camped out for a week. Wow. Yeah. To get tickets. I've never heard of them wrestling before. Uh, you know, Robert and I, we were, uh, literally, we were actually rock stars. Yep. We didn't even play music. We wrestled, but the Rock and Roll Express, the videos, of, you know, the. Listen, uh, the spandex pants, we, it was all new. We're the first ones to ever wear spandex. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know about you but in the long, lingerie shops, the only place you can get them. I remember what Robert, oh, and really? I after, <laughs> Robert and I, after uh, Memphis TV, because we, we hadn't even bought a gear yet, we, we go to uh, Fredericks of Hollywood at the mall. But now times were different then. You know, like mm. I said earlier, I, I don't care what people do. Uh, but at that time, here, you know, here Robert and I just come off Memphis TV, and it's the hottest thing in the world. We walk into uh, the Frenetics of Hollywood, and and we're trying stuff on, <laughs> and people are walking by, pointing their finger, looking at us, and Robert's got some, some black spandex on, and 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 I'm asking Robert, does my ass look big in this one? And and uh, and, and his, I said, but your ass looks good in that one. <laughs> different time different place uh yeah but it was really cool and to get this right to understand robert and i have been wrestling mm. partners for 38 years did you get that yep because <laughs> robert always says ricky and i have been partners for 30 30- no wrestling <laughs> partners <laughs> when i'm <laughs> okay <laughs> get this right but that's the way it formed uh yeah it Bill be a watts uh you know, and that's when Robert and I went to there and, and, and naturally, you know, right after we finished our deal with the we won the belts from the Russians
0: who come to Midnight Express. Yeah. Gosh. All right, go ahead. So all looks nice. So one of my one of my former guest hosts, got at God Till from um near Toronto, in Canada, he he just asked um, what were the big initial differences you felt starting in the Mid South area versus Memphis? So whether it be, you know, schedules, arenas, you know way but bo- well, shows are you know, booked
1: no no, no. We, we still wrestled in the big arenas mm. different time different place you didn't have pay paper uh, yes matter of fact you were, you know in the wrestling business it was you was just getting close circuit tv
0: so this now, is a really interesting time for that because it's like, it's almost yes. like the last year of that isn't it 84 yes. yeah so now
1: uh le- listen robert and i got over we went mm. to uh and this is not only there, you know, a little bit we get into the NWA when I went there. Yes. This is, uh, we were, dude, I mean, I, I'm telling you, we're rock stars. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, on the show that we just watched, uh, earlier you see Robert and I, and I guess the Midnight Express with Hacksaw, Jim Duggan handcuffed to Jimmy yes. Cornett at the Superdome. Okay, now, launch it. Listen, this is 1984, there's 30,000 people there. You know, the Superdome holds 80,000. That's just in the seats, not on the floor, but they would put a curtain halfway across that big old Superdome. I don't know how they got a curtain that big or got it up there, but it was (laughs) a good job for someone making that cut. Technology. (laughs) You know, you used half the Superdome and 60,000 people in that curtain with them people cheering. Unbelievable. Mm. You know, it was a whole next uh, step. So, you know, we, uh, went to, uh, we you know, it's territory. You run, you run New Orleans every Monday night, mm. which you went to the city auditorium, and it's condemned down. But, you know, for then it, it's an old building, but it was big. Then we had to move to the colleges, uh, you know, where they play basketball because the arenas mm. were a little bit bigger uh, outside of uh, New Orleans. But it's the same thing. But, yeah, I mean, it was
0: just uh, – I mean, the territory was on fire, wasn't it? Around this time, I mean, it was just—it no, was just a it bit got nuts, on wasn't fire. It? Yeah.
1: That's the reason. No, it was yeah. when they brought Robert Nye in. Yeah, yeah, it, it popped the territory with the Russians, Nikolai Vokov and Barry Dorso. Mm. But now we did the angle with you know, then the words out, you know, the rock stars and you know, and uh, in that one video we had, the boys are back in town. You're not bullshit. Dude. Yeah, I the mean, cool with the was...
0: cars and the jukebox. It's incredible. I love <laughs> oh. it. I absolutely love it. Because I've never seen any of this stuff since the last year or so. I've been watching it. So this is all new yeah. to me. I absolutely love the video packages. They're so good. And, and
1: gosh, you know, and and, and at that time, the, the guys in the territory that they brought in, and, and I mentioned here earlier, you know, like what we get into later was Bob Orton, Pat Rose, mm. and you know, the underneath guys, like Pat Rose and, and uh, Barry Orton. These guys can work. Yep. You see, and working nowadays, uh, you know, and, and I try to try tell people this, you know, everybody in this business probably can leapfrog and drop and hip toss. But there's only very few that know how to work. You see, our job is putting asses in seats and getting ratings on TV. It's mm-hmm. not about does my hurricane corona look good. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, it's about working. And these guys can work back then. Mm. And and uh, and it when you shot your angle, understanding our business, I, I was lucky. I was I'm you know I'm a second generation wrestler. My dad was a wrestler. Then he refereed out of Memphis. If you watch some of the stuff out of Memphis, Paul Morton. Yep. And I have my son that's supposed to be third generation. Me and right. him are already training and working together. He's had a few shows, but you know it. And it's hard when you're a second or third generation yes. guy because. And I, I don't want him to be Ricky Morton. I want him to be him. I want mm-hmm. him to be his own guy in our business. But when we went, and now Louisiana, and your spot shows, uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> people be lined up. It, and it's great. You know what I'm saying? You, you go to these high schools and they'd be totally, completely sold out. Different time, yeah. different place, buddy. Uh, and you see, and our business is entertainment. I'm not here to insult anybody's intelligence. But back then, our business was sacred. Yes. Nobody knew. You see, and you always had that fan to say, you know, that third match was fake, but y'all's match was real. I've you heard this that, so many
0: times about yeah, this. Yeah. Yes, like this, okay. this one was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: always that little bit of doubt. Yes. That yeah. little bit of doubt, dude. That And, and to do that, and, and if you look back in, the, in our business, you see, I've been nine time NWA World Tag Team Champions. I was, but you see, I never wanted to be a champion. Did you, but I'm glad I was. But you, do you know why? No, go ahead. Because the people don't pay to see me lose the belts, they uh, pay yeah. to see me win.
2: Yeah, they the keep
1: screwing yeah. you every week. Yeah. Until you have the Big match. you know you, they screw you every week. Mm. Screw you every week. They come back. Well, next you'll have a match where the heel can't do this, uh, but he'll find out another way to screw you. You, yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's right. You know, uh, and, and that's what people don't understand today. Now nowadays, nowadays is I got to get my shit in, and it's horrifying. I, I hate that. Mm. You know this is a this is a business. When you're here. Like we're here on a Monday night and we're back here next Monday night. We're already here. Yeah. We have to work for next week. And that and that's how you draw money. That's how the ratings go down. But, you know, s- simply it just, you know, over the years, our business has changed. I got to change with it, hmm. but it still works. Now I'd like to tell you and your, and your listeners that are listening out to I have a YouTube show that comes on every Sunday. Now, that's 5.05. It's live. On YouTube, oh, Yeah. Under the School of Morton, which I know well, you got, we're a five-hour difference in time. I yeah, believe. that's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But it comes on at 5.05, so it's at 5.05 here, yep. it's like 10.05 there. Yep. Get a chance. Watch it. But it's from my wrestling school. Oh, great. It's I'll check guys it out. Yeah. That are, it's guys that are, are, are wanting to be, you know, they're training to be wrestlers or living their dream. You know, I have a few guys that come through there that really really got big and took off in our business and they're in different places now. But I have kids mm. at my school. Oh man, they're better than the guys are in WWE. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, A lot of people get mad at me because I got them on there, but what the hell? I mean, everybody knows that our business is entertainment. Yeah. And those yeah, kids that, that I bring to my school, they're mm. the ones that, that got bullied in school and made Fs. Uh, I'm going to tell you for an example here because we've got time to talk. I have one kid come to me that has uh, multiple sclerosis. Mm. And his mother begged me, said, please don't let him join. Talk him out of it. Mm. And I'm trying to tell her, she says, no, he, he's he got something to look forward to. Now, this kid yeah. come to me bullied all the way through school. But he comes, and, and, and I don't teach him to to retaliate, no, not that. But what I did do is I brought him to my school. He lost eighty pounds. Wow, okay,
0: fantastic. Yeah. Now
1: this arm and this leg was smaller than this one, and he still had. But we worked, and we worked. I put sleeves on him, covered the arm up, long tights. Mm. You know. Uh, then he went from a. Uh, being bullied in school, not wanting to go, making else to straight A to a violent in high school. That's amazing. You hear yeah. me? Yeah. And then out of high school, we got a four year scholarship to college.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. It, yeah. You see, that's, that's
1: great. now, see, that's what I try to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not all yeah. about being this, you know, it's all, it, uh, is teaching people just give them them a chance in life yeah exactly give them a chance and I give my kids a chance and all my kids when my kids come in I got to you know right now the school's out but you know I got to see their report cards I got to do this and if it's not up they don't train they sit over the table and they study during classes
0: that's great the way it is yeah that's fantastic fantastic. I'm not
1: here to rebel against the parents or or nothing like that you see it in my situation you know, I'm not the... That was one of my faults because I wasn't educated enough to know that the promoters were just screwing the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. go there.
0: All right. No, that's. I think that's a fantastic story. That's really, like, you know, like a wonderful thing to hear in terms of, you know, big wrestling style and actually giving back and giving opportunities to people. Well, I think that's fantastic. But listen yeah. to yeah. me, buddy. I'm not... You know, I I, I can't
1: throw the first stone. I can't, you know, you understand me? I mean, I'm yeah, not sitting yeah, here yeah. trying to be the... The good guy. We all have our problems. We all have our situations that we are. But when it comes to my
0: school, that's a sacred place. Yeah, that's, and that's fantastic. what I like Go ahead. So, so I'm going to go back. I'm going to take you back to the seven days leading up to this TV tape, and which took place a few, few uh a few days before it aired. So you had matches on the 13th, 15th, 16th, two on the 17th, both the Midnight Express, 19th and 20th. So that's really crikey. That's busy time. Yeah, the, and the two at-
1: were in. The two were at, the first one was in Oklahoma City, and the, yep. the one that night was
0: in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's it. Go yeah. Ahead. Did you remember that, or did you look that up?
1: Because no, you I remember.
0: Just, no, I knew. I knew that's incredible. Right yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I just knew
1: our schedule back right then.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you, can, you, can, when you, can, you said twice, in
1: oh, yeah, in uh, one day because I knew then was because uh, every other Sunday we were in Tulsa. I mean, we were in Oklahoma City at the Marriott, name of the building. That's it. Yep. yeah, yeah. And then, um, they were in Tulsa at the Accessor, Accessor uh, building. So, I remember all that.
0: What was the schedule? I mean, this is, this is, I mean, I've got, I don't know how accurate some of these numbers are, but I've got way over 200 matches in 84, 240-odd in 85, and about 282 in 86. So, how was this, what was the schedule like for you guys? Because this is, I know the schedule. Forget what's happened recently. I know the schedule for the guy now is tough, but that is that's insane numbers in terms of wrestling matches. Yeah, we
1: ran uh, we ran seven days a week. Robert and I, yeah. uh, you know, we we worked on top. We was on all of them. I, mm. I
0: remember and long matches. Had, I bet as well. I bet they weren't short matches. You guys were doing. Well,
1: let me get to this. this is, I'm yep. glad you said that. Now, like you said, we're bouncing because we hadn't got there yet. Uh, Robert and I and I'm a firm believer in this, if you pay to see me, I'm going to give you your money's worth, no matter mm-hmm. what. But not only were I like that, you know, the Midnight Express are like that. You know, we always went 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. But at, at a time where I uh, really, you know, I was one of the luckiest guys in the world. And, and, I, and I'm going to tell you this. I see other day where Chris Jericho, posted, and, and, and I agree with him, that right now, today, he's the best wrestler in the world. I don't disagree with him, but I think that every wrestler in the world should have that. Uh, you, you see what I'm saying? All of them should say that. That's he what I am. Desire, because, yeah, certainly, yeah. Because in
2: 1985
1: to 1993, I don't give a shit when anybody says I was the best babyface in the world, Okay. Uh, I had the opportunity to work for yeah, and it. And it showed out. It came. You know, I learned just like everybody else did. And uh, if you think that I'm arrogant or anything, I, just, I can't help that.
0: you got to believe in your own but, ability. But you, I worked. I, yeah.
1: I, I did a program with Ric Flair. Yes.
0: We're going to talk yeah. about that, actually. Yeah. yeah. We can okay, talk about it now, actually. You'd like to. Yeah. yeah. This,
1: this is what I'm trying to tell you, dude. I did the single with Ric Flair. Mm. You know, we're in North Carolina. It's different. Every major town. Now we we run them with 17 days in a row. Our time limits. But listen, we did TBS early in the morning for six Oh five show. Right. Yeah. We did that early in the morning. Mm. We do two hours on Saturday and two hours on Sunday, different towns, two different towns. Uh, but you see, I learned that from Rick. But even when Rick and I didn't go our hour time limit, we call it Broadway. See, this is what I learned from Rick. But I learned this, but I knew it too. I never, Rick Flair was the greatest world champion ever. And the reason why this is my buddy, because when you paid that $20 to see him, yep. he gave you that $20 worth. I'm talking about if you didn't go an hour, you went 58 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. every night but it was and he went though. as
0: well he went as well didn't he for those for those for oh, those right. i mean i had, had a,
1: a, a, a amazing how i had to train just to stay up with him mm. you know i'm I'm talking about running 10 miles every morning and I, i'm talking getting on the stairmasters, and because i mean he wasn't even human but he but rick no matter what you get through work and you go to the bars You'd be up all night, and I'd never forget, we'd be in the hotels, and I'd get up to test in the morning and look out the window. He'd be out by the pool doing squats. Really? It's Clock yeah. <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Real world champion. A machine, uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's, uh, that's the way we did that. So, and I learned that from Rick, and that's really, really amazing. You know, and people believed in what we'd done. You? Us, uh, you know, we were talk talking about losing
0: Go ahead. Sorry, Rick. I was going to say, let's. I was going to skip on, but we'll jump, we'll jump around and we'll, get, we'll come back to the episode. But I was going to talk yeah. about that after the episode. So going back to the spring and summer of '86, you worked 19 matches in just a short few months of Ric Flair for the NWA title. I actually watched a couple yeah. of these earlier, and I watched the uh, Great American Bash one in Charlotte in the cage where you had the what, the face mask, You had broke a broken nose or something for that one.
1: Yes, we we shot. We broke my nose. He bro- yeah, dropped yeah. a knee, broke my nose, and then he ripped my face up. Yeah, I, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, because of the our business was changed. You know, you know, I actually understand me here, buddy. I'm, and I'm telling you this. I, you know, I have my thing with, with Flair, but, but if we were our business is politics. Mm. And when you got a booker that <laughs> that can't handle you, it, it's what happened there. You see, uh, I actually beat Ric Flair for the world title. And, uh, and, but when I beat him, we got the back and I had to, you know, they t- took me in a room and they told me, uh, okay, now since you beat Rick for the world title, we're going to have to fire Robert mm. because, uh, you know, he's going to be put people over for you to wrestle. And now, and, and it went with, and, and I gave the belt back to him. I mm. I don't want it. Uh, I have my run Rick. You see it, it wasn't – I'm not the best guy in the world, you hear me? But Robert and I, I wasn't going to let that happen to my wrestling partner. And it, if things like that would have – if I would have done that, my whole career would have been different probably. But I couldn't. I mean, I, I'm not going to screw my wrestling partner. We have been through thick and thin together, dude. We went no, through these territories,
0: yeah. you know. So do, do you have a bit of a bittersweet memories of this of, the, of this with with these these this run with Flair at the time as a, as a result of that? Or or is it you know, is are they fond memories looking back at this sort of incredible run working on top with 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 Flair really? Hey, it was a lifetime
1: dream. Yeah. You know what? And people ask me all the time, what was your greatest moment in the business? Well, my greatest moment in business is working with Flair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you wrote when you work arenas, dude. I mean, uh, I remember the first time we worked. I worked Flair in Charlotte. You know, we uh, they they ran the it was the Coliseum there in Charlotte, and they showed that angle on TV with a with that Vance. It was sold out. Mm. I mean, it sold out like fifteen minutes, and it held about ten thousand people. So they moved it to outside at, at, and then they didn't have the charlotte panthers which is an nfl football team. they didn't mm-hmm. have it they didn't have that big stadium but we went to the city stadium which is big and uh like we you know it's thirty thousand people there that come to see that yep so uh that was an opportunity, but just learning learning the business uh learning how to go out it keep the people on the edge of their seats for sixty minutes. Yeah, and I, and I like this right here because you see, at that time, Ric Flair was the older son of a bitch, buddy. Holy shit! And I was a young baby face, and it reminds me because on the independent circuit, you know, people don't really understand the business. I was wrestling a guy one night. He says, you know, maybe tonight you go to the ring. The people might cheer me. Mm. I said, they're gonna cheer you because you want them to. And he looked yeah. at me like I had a turd on my head. <laughs> but I told him, Let's just, uh, they're only gonna cheer you because you want them to. Mm. An example of how great Ric Flair is. Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you know, where the Philadelphia Eagles are, is the greatest hill town. Ever. They hate everybody. They hate everybody face and they don't give a shit who you are. They hate you. Rick and I were scheduled to do an hour there. Uh, You know, so Rick goes to, I mean, I go to the ring, but they're booing me. God, they're throwing shit at me. All kinds of shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Then here comes Rick. World champion, buddy. I mean, they're popping, they're going crazy, and they're loving him, and Rick's doing his cocky thing. Now, listen, 10 minutes into that match, are we together? 10 minutes into that match, Ricky had changed the crowd. That's how good of a worker he is. Now, not only did he change the crowd, 15 minutes in that match, they pushed the guardrails all the way to the ring. The fans did.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Now, Arn Anderson's watching the match in the back, and Arn, I mean, he has to come through the crowd to get down to the ring. Then here comes Robert trying to get to the ring. And this is no, you know, and, and back then you had the NWA rules over the top where it was a disqualification. Mm. And Rick told me, he said, man, listen, uh, we're going to have to get out of here. If they don't, these people are going to kill me. And really? I'm serious, wow. but yeah, yeah. this time, they're yeah. throwing batteries and all kinds of shit.
0: And coming he turned them. he a- done such a good job. He up turned them. Coming up on them. the ring yeah.
1: apron. And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, Arn's pulling them off. Robert's pulling them off. The security down there's lighting. And Rick said, fuck this. He said, <laughs> grab He said, said, go with the top rope. Let's go home. And he did. Then we went with the top rope, and him and Arne Anderson, with the security this flew back to the back. And these people were throwing shit, hitting the doors in the back. You see, this is, now, that's, you see what I'm saying? Mm. He made it like that. Yeah, And that's like I told this kid, they only cheer for you because you want them to.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: you, you, you don't understand our business. You don't know how it works. You don't know how to put asses in seats. But he even did that in Charlotte. You know, he's from Charlotte.
0: The crowd was with you at that match, American Bash oh, match, yes, right? Yeah, Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, Rick changed them. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I mean, it, he's one of the, you know, and people say all the time, well, I see Rick did the same thing. Yeah, he does the same thing every yeah, night, especially when you do. And and not only with me, you know, Rick was a world champion. He'd go to other territories. Well, hmm. you don't go to a territory, beat the top baby face. What do you do? You do yeah, an exactly. hour time limit yep. every night. Every night, you know, and Robert and I did the same thing when we were the NWA tag team champions, you know, because a lot of the the territories, you know, NWA was a big deal. Mm. You know, we'd go to Kansas City to an hour, we'd go to Portland, Oregon doing an hour, we'd go down to Florida for Eddie Graham doing an hour. Uh, that's just the way our business works.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I, th- I think it's such a, this is the thing I noticed, I know, I'll, I'll skip around a bit, but we didn't get a lot of um, NWA, WCW here growing up in the UK in the late 80s. It was more Oops. WF, that was all we had access to, sadly. But going back and watching this stuff, I love the legitimate, genuine, sports-like atmosphere. Everyone cares. The presentation, the commentary, Jim Ross and these people on commentary. It's just like, I think if th- th- these some of these matches I watch these days, I think, I wish I'd been in these towns when I could, and I could experience this as like a 10 or 15 year old or someone like older at the oh, time. Yes. It's,
1: just, it's so good. You know, what year were you born?
0: 81.
1: Oh, yeah. I see you still walking around with your diapers on. Yeah. just yeah. this, this going on? <laughs> yeah, 81. Another certainly. thing you just said, Jim Ross. Which is, I love Jim Ross, but mm. it's going back. During these matches that you were watching, the gentleman that was announcing, Boyd Pearson,
3: Yes, uh, yeah. Okay,
1: now you notice just that TV, the wild suits he had the, on? Yes, yep. Well, you yep. say Jimmy Cornet got that from, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, but Boyd, uh, I loved him. Here in the States, we we had a uh, a candy called Milk Nuts. Mm. you know, Milk Nuts. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, milk chocolate. So, uh but but Boyd Pearson, it was a commercial that came home. It was a cartoon commercial. But he did the talking for it, mm. you know. And it goes, you know, this is so milky and chocolate, it would make you go, mmm. <laughs> 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 Hey, and I loved it. But board that you see it on that show that we watched. But look at a lot of them; he's got some of the wildest suits you ever yeah, could imagine. And uh, but it got him over. And then you know, I don't know. I'm not saying that Cornette followed that, but Cornette wears some of the craziest shit yep. too you ever yeah. see. But it's great, man.
0: No, it's fantastic. So tell, tell me about, so back to Mid-South, so tell me what a typical TV taping day looked like for you guys and what was the Irish McNeil, Irish, easy for me to say, Irish McNeil Boys Club like to work in?
1: Yeah, we, we did uh, two weeks of taping.
0: Yeah. Uh, it
1: was, uh, it wasn't that very big. Uh, but it was packed. I do, when mm. we went, especially us, man, it was wall to wall girls. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> and you well, got the Beatles it, reaction every time see, you came out, is, didn't you? Yeah. This is a, uh, <laughs> the, the great thing. We stayed, uh, when we did uh, Irish Man you know, on Tuesdays, we uh, stayed there Tuesday night. Okay. In yeah. the hotel. We stayed at the La and they had one of the greatest bars in the world there. Uh, <laughs> now after we did those two hours of taping we go and everybody in town knew it. it looked like Woodstock after that place man uh, you couldn't really? even hardly get in there uh <laughs> crazy so these stuff. are fun times but not buddy. Uh, yeah you know what uh, people ask me a lot of times tell stories i said, well I'll tell you one but you're not going to believe me you're gonna call me a liar mm. so uh I didn't uh <laughs> but that that's a different Time, different place. Uh, you know, I'm going to write a book coming up. Oh, you uh, should. And, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: well, okay, Ricky Morton presents yeah. Sex, Drugs, and the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> you that is brilliant. And, you had it here first. Uh, and yeah. then I will tell – see, I can tell stuff in the book. I just don't want to be here uh, when a lot of people see when I tell you stories that are crazy as hell. No, that's will leave the salubrious stuff to the book. Well, that's you know, yeah, yeah, because you know what? A lot of people don't know how to take that. And
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gosh, man, uh, I'm talking crazy. Uh, now, I mean, I think you, you, got, right. you, you touched on it earlier on. You guys had the, and there's not too many people that have had this, um, but you guys had the quality of, I think the guys, guys would look, uh, certainly, I mean, I'm looking at this 35 years on, 36 years on. You can see why guys would want, guys would want to be you guys and girls want to be with you guys. And that is nailed on, you know, top good guy, baby face character, you've just got, you tick ticked all the boxes and you don't get that very often. And you, WWE haven't had that for a long time, really. really. That's probably yes. since The Rock, really, I think. Well, And, and that's why. And
1: mm. you see, and you know why they hadn't had that in a long time and uh, might be a bad guy, but I don't apologize. Mm. Uh, they don't have people that know what they're doing. I agree. Uh, yep. And, and they don't. I mean, they got guys in the office and and i'm gonna say this you know it's people like me i you know i try to get a job uh, they, but they don't want me there you know why mm. they don't want me there because on. dude <laughs> yeah i know a hell of a lot more than they do yep you just don't give me the chance i don't you know i no i don't know how to type i don't know how to type into a computer but i'm learning you hear me yeah i'm teaching myself. Uh, you went black on the screen here. I mean, you are. I can barely see your face. It's, light, it's, it's right, so it's just.
0: Um, I'm gonna. Yeah, it's just the. Oh, the, oh there it's, you we're, are. We're, uh it's, okay. The sun's okay, just I'm got sorry. in. I'm gonna. T- you carry on with him. to turn a light on so you can
1: see me. No, very much. Yes, but no, it's all right. I just couldn't. uh But what I'm saying is, you bring people. I'll, I'll wait till you get back before I talk. No, it's about all right. So you got. You go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. Now, I want you to look at me and understand this. In our business, there's a difference between being here, mm. here, here, and here. When I wrestled on top, we didn't have contracts. Okay? Mm. You got paid by how many asses were in the seats. You didn't get paid for royalties off TV. You didn't even sell gimmicks. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was up to me. To make sure the towns that we went back to sold out every week. Up to me, up to the hills. Yep. Different time, different place. But see, I watch TV and I can tell you what's gonna draw, who's gonna get over, who ain't gonna get over. I was saying something earlier about, you know, me, uh, I have to go wrestle, but I gotta get all my shit in. You hear me? And then I gotta go ask to all my friends this but when somebody depends on you to make a living
2: yeah
1: i'm here and i ain't trying to be mean I, I know i watch tv i tell you what gets over what don't get over but they keep pushing it and i don't know why mm. because it's not doing good on ratings it's not going no, and I'm, not i want to say this yeah i will say this though i have been watching all the shows with no crowd yes and do you yep. know how hard it is to wrestle perform in front of no crowd I so my, so all the boys yeah. that are listening, all the boys that are out there, uh, my hat's off to you. Yeah. Because you literally work your ass off. You literally take these big bumps. And when you feed off the crowd and it, and you take that big bump and the only thing you hear is thunk of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> and it knocks the breath out of you. You don't have that at pump. So all the boys out there, I want to tell you that's good. I do the same thing. I can't let no crowd in mm. to do my shows. But but they feed off of it, but it's a whole different ballgame. To uh and what is wrong is the guys don't sit down. This is one thing that I was really good at and, and Dusty Rhodes noticed this. Before I did an angle, Dusty would call me. We did uh TVs on Tuesdays and and in WO too. But yep. he would call me to the office on Monday, because it was usually in Greenville, South Carolina, or or Lafayette, uh, or Fayetteville, North Carolina, which were are working about 100 miles each way. But they read them all, were, both towns every week on a Monday. But on Tuesday, Dusty would call, Monday morning, he'd call me down to the office, and he'd set me down and make me understand what we're doing and where this is going. Yep. You ever read a good book? You know, when you read a good book, they always write the ending first. <laughs> Yeah. You, do you I hear know what, what I'm mean. saying? Yeah, Same yeah. thing with wrestling. Mm. You've got to know where this angle is going to and what you're trying to tell.
0: Yep. Uh
1: they missed out on that.
0: No, I, complete, too, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. You have agree. too
1: many. And, and I got to say this. Uh, you know, a WWE, that very everybody's about their position. They want you to know that they're the boss. You see, because in, in Vince has said, yeah, see that don't work. Yeah, you know the politics, brother, is horrible. Uh, yeah, everybody's you know everybody's walking on crackers. I sometimes you got to say, hey man, get, you know, loosen up, Jesus Christ! And 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 when you go over these angles, make these guys understand it. Then you know what you're going to. You know where it's leading to. Yep. And you and you can make them understand to the people. Now, what I did, Russell. No, I still wrestle, but when I worked on top, this is another thing. I tried to make, if I could make that guy on the front row right there believe that whatever Arn Anders is doing to me, he really done it. Yep. You know, I mean, uh, if, if you give me a gut shot, I don't do a forward flip in mm-hmm. real life. You hear me? A guy punched me in my mouth. You know, it's at one, all you need is that one punch. Yep. You see, you notice the guys today, I mean, they they stop you, they kick you 700 times, they punch you 55 times, okay, and i, I not I working with somebody not long ago, and they did that, and I looked up at them, I says, uh, which one do you want me to sell, the first one, or the 75th? <laughs> because in real life, if you yeah. did that to me, I'm dead, Yep. Yeah, I'm yeah, actually yeah. dead. Yeah, you know, I mean, might as well call the tow truck in and you know yeah. get the gurney and carry your ass out. You're dead. That's what. There's guys a there's a realize. fine
0: line, isn't there? There's a fine line between uh, making it be a believe a believable yes. fight and it, and it being too far into a dramatic and you and I think people walk yeah. that line and sometimes go either side of it, don't they? I think. Well,
1: the boys do. The wrestlers yeah. do. Mm. I mean. Uh, Watch TV. You you can tell when a guy's fixing to do something real big because they have forty two people out on the floor fixing to catch him.
0: Yeah, they'll hate uh, that. Yeah, yes, yeah.
1: And, it, and it's and, and it's that, and it's you know. And I see guys send me tapes all the time. You know, people jumping off balconies, and you know, you're, we have a show here called Ridiculously, uh and Chris Jericho was on the other night, and we're showing some okay. clips, and. uh <laughs> Had one guy man standing on the thing, and he jumps off with the elbow, drops about twenty feet, but he misses the whole guy on the table. Oh, you know, goodness. he lands yeah. on the concrete. Uh, but 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 understand me: now if I'm trying to draw money, and I'm in a territory, and and a guy does that, well, you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> it' realistic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what are you want yeah. to do that for? You know, I, I mean. And nowadays, you watch wrestling, you could take Hugo <coughs> and shoot him out of the cannon, and he'd kick out on one. You know, they cover yeah. him, he yeah, kicks yeah, yeah. out on one. Yeah. This is where our businesses went to. But that's is the way I feel. And, no, and I, I think I that's reasonable. If yeah. out there, if you don't understand, you've got to learn how to put asses and seats and get ratings on TV. It's not about you. Yep. See, when it comes to the Rock and Roll Express, it wasn't about me. me and Robert both. If you watch us, we work together as tag teams. Now, Mm. guys are on contracts. One's making more than the other one. He's afraid he's going to get more in. That he's going to get in instead of sitting down and telling that story. That the that these writers, but the writers got to have got to convince these guys what they're doing, where they going to. Yeah, you know, and and once and once you're here, I mean, you're working this this angle to WrestleMania. Yeah, you see what I'm saying, and so you got to sit on down and go through all this right here for the blow off will come at WrestleMania or there are other pay-per-views that go through and and all the talent. And I'm sorry to say this. I watch, uh, I watch watching Monday night and Emma don't know who's who. Mm. Everybody looks the same. You notice it. They got the beards, the long hair, they got, uh, the same tattoos, they got the tights. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all right. But you're in the UK. I have a good friend of mine there that I think when I first watched this guy, at uh, I was at the NXT Performance Center, and I uh, was going over videos, and I'm watching this guy, and I went, "What the hell is he doing?" And then all of a sudden, you see what you learn in our business is when you first step in the ring to make it mean something. Mm. You hear me? But this guy, I was watching him in this match, and he told him, and I'm, I'm going, what the hell is he doing? And then he finished, and that's uh, Trent Seven.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this him live is... a load of times here. Yeah, yeah. I really like him. Yeah. Hey. Him and uh, Tyler Bate are a great tag team. Yes. Yeah, I really like no, him.
1: No, but yeah. hey, he's wonderful. I told him, yeah. I, told him I said, dude, that's the great shit out there. What entertainment? And he made it look real. Yeah, you know i saying. Great. Really great. Yes, yeah. he's uh, he's unbelievable. And I mm. and I told him that when I seen him down there at first. I was going, "What the hell are you doing, fella?" And then when you at, then when you went into that, I said, oh, I lost my mind."
0: That's <laughs> the
1: greatest <laughs> shit I ever seen in my he life. Is great. We got a few but good see, Brits out that there
0: now. Like, yeah. I was- so, obviously, there's Nick Aldis, who you've worked with in NWA Power. And I, I watched your um, NWA World's Heavyweight Championship match with him. I just thought the whole presentation, of that was fantastic. What was that like? And, and tell me a bit about working in NWA Power. Obviously, you captured your ninth World Tag Team Championship at the same time there.
1: Oh, man, this is uh, just to have the opportunity. And uh, I think we might have talked about this before. Because, you know, there's some rush in this business. You know, why don't you give somebody else a title shot instead of Ricky Morton. He's Mm an old guy. But you see, it's just like in anything, in music. You know, wouldn't you like to play with Mick Jaggers? Wouldn't you? Uh, You know, it's the same thing Nick did. And I thought it was really great because it's even like being nine-time world tag team wrestling champions. Sometimes people that don't understand our business don't get it. And when they first put them on us, you know, I even questioned myself. But then they, under- and then, but I understood what they were doing and where they were going. Uh, I'm sorry, bud. Don't and worry. That's fit, fine. Vince never was alone. He, <laughs> he got to put that in my room. And uh, I <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it's just an opportunity because I love Nick. Nick's great looking. I mean, uh, a lot of great workers to come up in the UK, you know, and uh, and and he gets it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <clears throat> and for me to say that, there's a lot of guys that work at our business on top, and they have great. Uh, they're in great positions in big companies, but a lot of them just don't get it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And they do, and uh, uh, this is like Thomas Vladimir, you know Thomas. Um, he's part of the the wall card. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I think he's a not No, I'm, I might have talked about him before, did I?
0: I don't think so. No, I don't think so.
1: Because he's great. He is. Uh, sometimes when you get in a ring, it ain't what you do; it's it's what you don't do. <laughs> okay. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And and, and, uh, and, and the first. Time that we worked with Robert, and, I. and this is great. This is what I like about our businesses. This is what we used to be. Mm. NWA Mid South uh, in the in the earlier years, you never got your finish. Our business is so sacred. that they didn't tell about it, you're finished. Nine out of ten times, as myself and Robert, and we or me and my father, myself, we didn't get our finish until we got into the rink. Yeah. The heel's always dressed on one side of the building. The baby faces on the other side of the building. If you get got caught talking or right, you're fired. I mean, you're automatically fired. So I had the opportunity when we first went to uh, NWA, and that's when Jimmy Cornette was with us. And this is five minutes before a match. Uh, Jimmy Cornett goes, comes in, he's going to give us the finish. And he goes, Ricky, you do know that you're got one in the belt. And <laughs> I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> you know, and, and then Jimmy understood it. But when you go out there and, and step into the ring, sometimes you could just tell.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, uh, we didn't go over no high spots. We didn't do that. No, we just went over the finish. Uh, and then we went straight to the ring. But right when I locked up with Thomas, I took him over to headlock and I uh, gave him the office. And I don't know if you understand what I mean by the office. It's just that. Oh no, I don't. And, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Okay, this is. Uh, these are the things in our business that are still sacred to me, and sometimes mm. I really don't like talking about them. Yeah. Because it's things that are secrets in our business. Yeah. I keep but I still do. It don't matter where I'm at. But
0: uh, Well, It's gave- a bit like watching a magician. You don't. You don't want to know. You know, you guys are magicians. You don't want to know all of the secrets, do you? Because it takes, I don't think it takes a bit bit away, doesn't it, as a viewer. It's like a layman's sort of viewer, definitely. It's the same.
1: Yeah, yeah that's where I'm coming from. And mm. I got in the ring with uh, Thomas and I did the thing and I gave him the office and bam, it was just like magic. Yeah, uh, yeah. But without me explaining it, without me saying he already knew. Yes. He knows. You see, when I get to, to the ring with the young guy, and, he, and he's wanting to work. See, if he knows how to work, mm. he don't make me look 63 years old. Yeah, yeah. You understand me? Yeah. He's not running me all across the rope. He's not doing this right here. He knows. You know, I had Thomas. I took him over. I gave him the office. He took me right to my feet. Mm. Shot, shot me off in the middle of the ring. He didn't take me all the way back to the other side of the ring. Drop yeah. dropped down. He, he knew. He, you see, and that's the part of the business that people have totally forgot about, or didn't even know about.
0: Mm. Uh, so
1: I mean, that's for, great. You know, go ahead.
0: For, for what it's worth, um, just, you know, fan, I've never been in the ring. That, I thought that Nick Aldis match was really, really something special because as you say, it was, it was uh, you know, believable. It was a great the start to finish presentation. That were the interviews before. I love the finish of that. I love the old roll-ups and the tights and all that sort of thing. I love the finish of that. I just thought it was really, really, really great.
1: Oh, yeah, you see, and, and and our and our business has got to a point now. You see, if people to only stop and realize, and the writers, and, and the bigger companies, the simpler the finish, mm. the better it is. Yeah, and why? It's because you understood it. Mm. You never been in a rink. You never, mm. uh, been you see, but you understood our finish. Yep, that's what nobody understands now. Uh, you know. Uh, I can watch TV shows. I mean, and and just to be frank with you, I'm here talking to you. You know, I watch Monday Night Raw and I watch Smackdown. They totally suck Mm. uh, to me. And uh, I, I don't know if it's the writers. I don't know if it's age. I I don't know, but nothing makes sense to
0: me. I don't think it's wrestling. Well, what, what do you think, Ricky? I, I, it, it doesn't feel like wrestling to me anymore. It's it's another. It's weird. No one speaks like a human being. It's this kind of weird hybrid. Lots of buzzwords. Like the, I don't know if you've seen the promotion for Randy Orton and Edge in a couple of weeks' time, but they're promoting that as going to be the best wrestling match of all time. It's just like who. Who's come up with that? What pressure on these guys in the empty arena to try and, you know, it's, it's a bit, it's just a bit, it's a bit weird, I think is probably the way to describe it for what we're well, used
1: to. Uh, well, I, I I totally think the same thing, but it's, mm. when I watch the shows and, and, and I know it's hard when you don't have, you know, the, the crowd to feed off of, uh, that, that gets your drilling going. But gosh, man, uh, Either these agents are going to sit down and talk to these guys and make them understand what kind of story they're telling or where it's leading or going to, or they need to get you uh, Because somewhere they're not communicating. Uh, mm. A lot of the guys look like they're walking on crackers. How,
0: you know, how much... And- yeah. Uh, sorry, Ricky, so, 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 How? A quick question for you. How much would you, I And again, not naming any names, but as is it, is it someone that's been in the business for a long, long time. How much can you attribute that to the wrestlers not either standing up for themselves or not being in a position to stand up for themselves? Or would you put it all on creative in that sense?
1: Uh, well, you know, once you, you don't have a leg to stand on mm. in either one of the situations. Mm. I mean, if you disagree, uh, disagree with Vince, you're, you're out of there. Yep. And if you disagree with the, the writers and the agents, you see? I mean, it, it's all going to lead back to Vince. Yeah. And, and I, I know that it's a billion-dollar business. I know it's great corporate business. And a lot of people don't understand, too, now. It's just not WWE, you know. Mm. I mean, do you know how many businesses are involved with WWE? It's got to be 100 of them. Mm. Uh, a lot of these guys are on different contracts. So You have this contract, even though he might have signed here, but this guy here signed with a different company. Yeah, but it all leads back to WWE. Uh, really, don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if they need to uh, come and get me and send me to the <laughs> to, to the performance center. I've so been you, there a couple of times. So you spent some you time
0: see, down there. So so how did how did that come about then in terms of your performance center center visits?
1: Uh, when they put uh, they. Uh, when I was at the Hall of Fame, they asked me if I'd be interested. Right. But, you know, not not for a job, just to go down and mm. spend some time with some of the guys. But, you know, uh, two or three days, it don't cut it. Mm. Uh, I have guys, you know, and I had a couple of them at the performance center. Okay, let me sit down. I, I want to pick your brain. Mm. That's what they asked me. But you see. You can't pick my brain. I have to get inside your brain to make you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. You know, uh, it's like me in a match. If if you notice nowadays, and it's not looking real. I mean, in real life, if I had you in a corner and I keep you 85 times in your head, real life you're never gonna get up.
0: No, exactly, I agree. Okay,
1: yeah. so, and, and I tell guys when I do shows, I, I tell them, I say, listen, I can sell one punch or I can sell one kick mm. better than I can 37.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That gives me the that room makes to breathe. Yeah. Give me the room to breathe when you give me the punch instead of being
1: all on me. Mm. Uh, you know, that's the art of selling, the hill stands back and lets you sell it to make the people on the front row believe what you're doing to me
0: is really real. Thank you very much for listening to part one of the Ricky Morton interview. For new listeners, if you like what you've heard, please do check out the archives. There are reviews of every Mid-South Television episode between October 23, 1983 and June 17, 1984, currently available. And lots of general wrestling chat where we go off on all sorts of tangents with some really fantastic guest hosts. In order to have the next installment of the Ricky interview earlier than anyone else please feel free to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. The next show dropping at 7am Eastern and 1pm British time on Thursday the 4th of June. If you're interested in guest hosting in the future, please do reach out to me at MidMoment on Twitter and I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon.